Hello everyone and welcome back guys to episode 4 of Jamie and I's The Unnamed Motorsport Podcast. Well, we're back once again recapping the Imola Grand Prix, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. I said in the uh, preview video I was going to get it wrong, I'm going to get it wrong again over the course of today's video. But yeah, a lot to rattle through this week, it's safe to say. Uh, Bahrain was a brilliant race for all the right reasons, Imola was probably a brilliant race for not so many of the right reasons, I think it must be said as well. But yeah, Jamie, sort of initial thoughts then of the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. What what were you thinking? Well, it was a very good race for starters. Um, it was almost like a completely different kind of race to Bahrain, but the the opening two races have been really, yeah, given us like opposite ends of the motorsport spectrum, really, with Bahrain being a like almost a pure racers type race, and then this one being absolute chaos, but still really fun to watch. So yeah, it's been a good start to the season. Hopefully it'll continue long into it. Yeah, I was going to say, we've kind of had the good, the ugly. Now I think we're just waiting for the bad, aren't we? Which, which will probably be the It'll remaining come, 21 yeah. races this year. <laughs> what, what, when is France on the calendar, sorry? Um, oh, but yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> a lot to get through, though, obviously, from the Imola Grand Prix. Uh, obviously, generally, we don't talk too much about qualifying. I guess sort of the main talking points from Quali was sort of Yuki Sonoda's spin. Uh, again, not really a lot can be said. He's a rookie. It was a fairly simple mistake. I don't think... I mean, he's Yuki Sonoda, so people won't hate on him anyway. <laughs> uh, no matter what he does, he, he swears and Fs and blinds on the radio, but apparently that's funny. It's fine because he's 5'3", uh, Matt. Exactly, yeah. It's it's fine because he's cute. You could fit him in your handbag if you wanted to. <laughs> apparently apparently that makes it all okay at the end of the day. I say that, I quite... I, I still don't mind Sonoda, but I, I think the hype is interesting, is, mm. is the way I'm going to word it. Um, But yeah... Apart from that, Hamilton's pole as well. I think that was quite unexpected. Perez on the front row as well. That was obviously very good for him. But again, qualifying very quickly became irrelevant because before the race even began, you had a bit of chaos and carnage. Alonso, we spoke the praises last weekend and this weekend he's been nowhere. I'll be honest, I completely missed all of that because I started watching it about 10 to 2. 10 to 1, sorry. Right, so I'm going to have to run it through a few years. So Alonso yes. then... Basically what happened was obviously everyone does their warm-up laps, obviously going out to the circuit. Alonso bins it because the team sent him out on inters when it's far too wet. Basically, had half the track was ready for full wet tyres and the other half the track was ready for dry tyres, pretty much. And then you sort of had a couple of corners in the middle uh, where it was intermediate. So everyone was sort of just guessing at that point as to what tyres they were meant to be going on. Obviously, that left us. It did dry out a bit. Ready for the start of the Grand Prix, so obviously pretty much everyone uh, was on the intermediates. For the first couple of laps, though, obviously it was all pretty even. Uh, but again, I think the main talking point, though, of the start was, of course, Verstappen. Now, there were there were some rumbles around the paddock, obviously going, Verstappen is wet weather starts last year. Obviously, Turkey was probably the best example. Red Bull couldn't get the car off the line last year. That has certainly changed. I think it's fair for mm. us to agree. I think there's so much variation in how good or bad a driver start is in the way i don't think you can read too much into oh this start last year was bad so it's gonna be bad again turkey was such a anomalous race in all sort of levels really but yeah it was a very very good start obviously third place on the grid to get into the lead even before turn one really he was side by side with hamilton it was a very good start and i think he needed to get that start otherwise he would have been yeah struggling to get past um obviously it's a difficult track to pass in the dry and in the way it's even harder as we saw throughout the race 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, obviously, we, we talk about that start, you know, was absolutely brilliant. I mean, Perez was dealt with instantly. And then, obviously, mm. it was almost three. Well, I mean, Perez got a better start than Hamilton as well. I think, obviously, a lot of people forgot about it. You just had to bail out down towards turn one. Otherwise, it was going to be three wide. And he yeah. was definitely getting the one to be hung out to dry. Uh, but, yeah, the contact down at turn one as well, then. Obviously, the FIA did nothing about it. I'll be honest. Now, this probably comes from a Hamilton fan as well. At the end of the day, I felt Hamilton had enough of the car alongside to warrant some room. But I can completely understand, on the other hand, people thought it was Verstappen's corner. Of course he's going to do that. Why on earth wouldn't you when, obviously, mm. we are hopefully shaping up to have such a big title fight. Yeah, it would have been stupid to leave him room there. You got the inside line. You're ahead by the smallest amount. It's very... It reminds he wasn't, me a though. Lot. At the, he wasn't at the apex, though, was he? You did see Hamilton have his wheels in front. I don't know. You saw, it, it reminded me of... Um, Austria a couple of years ago with Verstappen and Leclerc in contact, which that was more clear cut, like potential penalty range. I thought this yes, was absolutely yeah. nothing. I thought yeah. it was no, not even instant. Hamilton probably should have backed out it's, rather than going over the bouncy curbs. Should have just gone on the grass. Yeah. But I think that's the whole thing though, isn't it? That Hamilton's got to sort of remind Max over the course of this year is obviously most people still jump out of his way. Yeah. And Hamilton at the very least has got to make it so he's Max second fight, yeah. guesses whether he's going to bail out. Yeah. And I think, obviously, although it didn't work out for Hamilton this time, you've got to think, I think it was Bahrain 2018, wasn't it? When Verstappen tried to completely barge him off the mm. road and Hamilton wasn't having any of it. And obviously Verstappen got the puncture. And then I'm pretty certain retired from the Grand Prix, didn't he? Not long yeah, after that. Yeah, damaged the differential in that contact. Yeah. So obviously I think Hamilton's one of the only drivers still, Charles Leclerc as well as another one, uh, that Verstappen hopefully has some sort of second guessing about because pretty much any other driver is just jumping out of his way mm. at that point, which I think, fair play to him. It's basically what Senna used to do uh, back yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Uh, but then, of course, lap one, that wasn't the only thing that went on. We had Latifi. Now, again, another man who qualified all of Friday. He looked, it was the best we've ever seen, Nicholas Latifi. Yeah, the Williams look quality in the dry. I like the, the Williams looks, look like a good car. Yeah, he looks way stronger than Russell all throughout qualifying until the bit that mattered. And then Russell out qualified him because of course he yeah. did. So, yeah, of course he did. Mister Saturday. Yeah, he didn't really cover himself in glory on the Sunday either, Latifi. I think no, he was running about sixteenth, fifteenth or something. Obviously, went no, off. I think he was. I think he was thirteenth. I want to say. I want to say thirteenth, fourteenth. All just spray, so he couldn't really see much anyway. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, he went off at Aquamilarale came back on the track and just didn't even consider the fact that there'd be another car and then just tried to force Mazepin off who like held his ground and Latifi ended up in the barriers so I was gonna say I don't think Latifi even knew he was there and no. obviously until he got speared into the wall well, I say he, I say he got speared into the wall he put himself in the wall really yeah. again I think a lot of people love to hate on Mazepin but if you if you're saying that was <coughs> Mazepin's fault I think you, you might hate him just a little bit too much to have any sort of sense at that yeah. point. Mazepin, there was nothing he could do in that situation. Latifi came back on the track and just squeezed him for seemingly, again, it seemed like seemingly no reason and it would just, to me, seem like um, Latifi had no idea he was there. Mm. Not a great race for Williams, though, as we'll come on to later. But Yes, oh, I was... So, I mean, Frank Williams' 75th birthday, and like I said, we'll, we'll speak about it a Is bit more really in a minute. Is he really only 75? Wow. Yeah, it's, I think he's 75. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure running Williams probably ages you quite badly. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out soon. Claire's only like 24 or something. Um, <laughs> but then, of course, obviously that big crash for Latifi, obviously, luckily, he was able to walk away from that one all unscathed as modern Formula 1 cars generally obviously a pretty good uh perez obviously then made the mistake into the safety car 
got penalised for retaking positions. It seemed like a bit of a weird one. Sort of obviously what happened. He binned it up at the top of the hill, wasn't it? Uh, was it Variante? It was turn nine. I can't remember what it's yeah. called. The one before Minerale, you know that. Yeah, I know it was the one before Aqua Minerale. <laughs> after Tosa, isn't it? Is it mm. the Variante Alta or is that the Chicane? I can't remember. It's no. all Italian, um, isn't it? Funnily enough, the Italian <laughs> an Italian Grand Prix circuit does tend to have Italian corner names, yes. Um, but yeah, obviously, so we saw Perez bin it there in sort of a very weird fashion. I think it was, who was it, Land Or was it Ricardo in one of the front? Was it Ricardo and Gasly? Was it Ricardo and Gasly, was it? Leclerc already had way off Yeah, uh, so obviously, Ricardo and Gasly get past. Ricardo then seemingly slowed down a it lot. It was strange, yeah. Yeah. It's like the drivers didn't really know the rules, which is a weird, considering... Well, Ricardo and Perez have been racing it's their for jobs. a decade, so yeah. <laughs> you'd expect them to probably know the rules by now. But yeah, yeah, he shouldn't have taken and back the position. Slam dunk penalty, ten seconds was he, fair enough, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was sort of a bit weird as well. The fact, obviously, we saw Red Bull last week. Well, not last week, but last time I obviously forced Max to let Hamilton back pass. Obviously, they got told to anyway. Mm. But they apparently didn't get told to let Sergio back through. Or oh, I he don't took know. it before it was... the chance. I think like. Yeah, but he could have let them both back through. I think they have let drivers ba- uh, off in the past if they've know. then let them back past. But again, I don't know, obviously, yeah. if uh, Hamilton 2009 won it, whether it just <laughs> creates more difficulties than it's worth mm. as well at the end of the day. So that, obviously that, we had that, that was more to try and with, to deceive the stewards, I think. That, no, <laughs> there was yeah. bigger issues when that happened, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was confusing enough on the track, wasn't it? Because everyone was just there scrambling with no idea what to do. Uh, then, obviously, shortly after Perez's mistake, we saw Schumacher uh, warming up his tyres. Now, I don't think I've seen in a long time anyone warm up their tyres that aggressively. <laughs> Never mind in the wet. It looked like it was out of control about four times before he actually hit the wall. Mm. And he was on full wet tyres, and the part of the track he was on was pretty much bone dry. <laughs> yeah. Although it was very limited water. But, yeah, that car looks absolutely awful to try and control. Um, yeah. So it's understandable, but it is a bit of a rookie error, really. But, yeah, he's a rookie yeah, <laughs> at is, the end exactly. of the day. Yeah, um, which again, obviously, for him was a bit difficult. Obviously, I'd know there was a load of psychological coaching from the team straight mm. after that, just sort of saying, you know, it's going to be a long race, things like that. And of and course, he, then he, he was three laps. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't allowed to pit because his front wing was Close the blocking pit the pit lane exit, so no one could get out again, which yeah wasn't wasn't ideal for him. Mm. as a while there then of course safety car comes back in you've still got I think it was Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly uh, decided they were going to oh no, did, no Ocon, Ocon Pit, pit? Ocon yeah, pit. Bailed. so it was just Pierre Gasly was left Gasly and the Haas cars so were still wet but they're pretty right was it Gasly so. and the Hasses as well yeah, yeah. that were out on the full wet hoping that the rain would still come you I mean you had Gasly's team going there's going to be rain in five minutes and everyone's just going where no, there yeah. <laughs> needs to be rain in Imola <laughs> not anywhere else so obviously Gasly, yeah, it was. I mean, he he helped Carlos Sainz a lot. There's no denying that because yeah. Gasly went from fifth to seventeenth and was losing eight seconds a lap to the guys in front, and yeah. still Alpha Taro going, "It's going to be fine. It's going to come back to yeah, us." Yeah, the rain's on its way. Come on. Yeah, which was so. I mean, you just had Gasly forming an absolute roadblock with like one car being able to get past him each lap. Mm. Sainz then binning it about. Four times, I want to say. He was in the gravel like every lap for the yeah. start of the race and still but never lost a place because there was 20 because seconds Gasly, back to Gasly. Yeah. <laughs> Gasly was somehow throwing away more time on the wet, which yeah. was just a bit ridiculous. So your Sainz got absolutely carried in the first half of the Grand Prix, or otherwise he would have been buried down in the back P16. <laughs> uh, then, of course, we had a... Not quite a Fernando is faster than you, but certainly Lando Norris was... I mean, Q3 obviously wasn't quite the same. On the front row, really. 
He's no, it should have been third. Oh, was it third? Yeah. Perez still would have. Perez still don't go quicker in the end. But yeah, Lando looked rapid all weekend, and I mean that didn't change on Sunday. I mean he was very quickly on the radio to the team going. I'm a lot faster than Ricardo. I think the team knew he was a lot faster yeah. than Ricardo. It seemed like a really weird weekend from Ricardo. He just wasn't really there at all. And yeah, it, similar it seemed, to Bahrain, It was a really. weekend of like the new drivers, wasn't it? Mm. It was really I strange. Science said something after qualifying that was like, "Oh, the this track is so dependent on confidence." So yeah. the drivers who were new to the teams, so people like Ricardo, Alonso. Science um, just really didn't have the confidence to push 100% in qualifying yeah. and really attack the curbs as much as he needed to. Um, so, yeah, well, he's, he's slamming towards like the Villeneuve chicane and things like that, where obviously mm. where you've got the quick flick one way and then obviously the proper 90 degree turn the other. Obviously, the back end of the car is just so unstable through corners like that. You get it on the sim as well. I mean, yeah, yeah Villeneuve chicane, Aquaminerali, uh, Varia- sorry, I mean, not the Varia- Variante Alta. As well, just two horrible corners if you're not confident in a car as well. You can lose so much time through there. Mm. And then, of course, you start to get... Obviously, you've still got Gasly going backwards every lap, causing carnage and <laughs> losing time for everyone behind him. Uh, then it sort of starts to calm down a bit. You sort of get a proper race starting to form, everything like that. And then, of course, you get the call for dries, which Red Bull absolutely nailed, it must be said. Mm. I think they were quite just <clears throat> on their toes, as they usually are, like... They saw Vettel on, I think, mediums was going purple. So yes, instantly yeah. Just it's they like, knew then right, if the Vettel's going purple, either it's 2013 or it's time for dries. So <laughs> Check the calendar quickly. Yeah. And obviously it's not 2013, so they just boxed Verstappen straight away. I think Mercedes were potentially a little bit too slow on that call. Maybe a lap I think Mercedes late. didn't want to be the ones to make the call. I think yeah. that was the thing. I suppose there's nothing to lose really, is there, by going a lap longer? Because if they pit, they're going to still be behind. Might as well yeah. try something else. So, yeah, but and it it's that whole thing of if Verstappen makes a mistake, trying yeah. to not lose the lead, you sort of try and force the error onto him if you can. Mm. Uh, but yeah, obviously Red Bull absolutely nailed that. Hamilton then pit one that later, like you said, and he came out. I think obviously he had a slower pit stop anyway. Red Bull still have seconds. not lost their ability to pit well, yeah. Uh, so obviously he came out not much further behind, but it was further behind mm. after obviously the pit stops. And then it all kicks off. Yeah, uh, pretty much the halfway stage of the Grand Prix. You've got Hamilton and Verstappen, obviously trying to cut through all the midfield, or basically mess. Pierre Gasly's train. Yeah, I think it was actually um, Stroll's train at that point. There was was it Stroll's it, train? It was at that Stroll point? in seventh, then you had Bottas in eighth, Russell in ninth, and then Schumacher another lap down between them, yeah. and Raikkonen, and then you got Verstappen yeah. and Hamilton trying to get through all of them, and it was yeah, just obviously, obviously there's nowhere to let people through because it's so narrow and there's only one yes, line of dry yeah. and no one's going to jump out of the way really. So yeah. it was just a mess. And then eventually we saw what happened. Yeah, so obviously went for it. Russell Russell had an interesting three miles of him. It's it yeah. safe to be said. Uh, so first of all, obviously, oh, getting in the way of Hamilton is a bit strong, but he forced Hamilton onto the wet line. Obviously Hamilton mm. then puts it in the gravel trap. Fair play to him for getting it out. I was so that, surprised he kept it going. It was very the, impressive. You honestly do think... I'd argue every other driver on the grid, pretty much, with the exception of Raikkonen, I want to say, and all I'm thinking of is Kota 2017, I think it must have been. That was 15, um, I think you think it off. Was, was it 15? He was yeah. buried in a tyre wall. And he was buried going. in it and still managed to get <laughs> yeah. it back out, just driving it, yeah. Uh, but I think really, arguably, those two and maybe sort of one or two other drivers would have been able to I'll get it out Alonso and carry on. Out of that. 
You'd back Alonso to get him yeah. back now, would you? <laughs> possibly, possibly. I mean, he, he spent most of the day spinning anyway, so yeah, he had plenty of practice. Yeah, actually, to be fair, you say that. He managed to do it in uh, on the warm-up, or like the parade, trying to get yeah. to the track. He didn't quite go that deep in, but yeah, I mean, most. I mean, you would have looked like the likes of, I reckon, Verstappen would have got angry and turned Tried the engine off saying he couldn't get then, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably buried Basically, it. Basically, so, anyone who spins the wheels were just out of the race. He'd beat you. Exactly, like, yeah. Hamilton was so yeah. intelligent to keep the engine so... The fact that you can remain calm in those instances mm. show why he's a seven-time world champion. You can talk about the qualifying pace, you can talk about everything else, but it's moments like that that show... You, when You know, like, obviously people go on about the cliches, of, oh, he never gives in and all this. Yeah, he actually does That is a moment where he <laughs> yeah. doesn't. At all. Like, you see it so many times. I, I saw a tweet yesterday that was, like, a, a screenshot of Monaco 08, a screenshot of... Yes, yeah. Uh, ...Silverstone in 2017. 2017. Was it 17 or 18? No, it was 18, I think, when he got spun around. Um, and then this one, there was one other, I can't think, I can't remember now. But, like, all of those races where he's been either pointing the wrong way or had a puncture and he's still finished first or second, like... Yeah, so obviously Hamilton, that... Stat was just insane. I, I did see the same tweets you were on about with the four pictures. Uh, and then Russell's interesting Imola lap gets even worse. Uh, this was by far and away, I think, the most controversial moment of the entire Grand Prix. I think we can both agree. Mm. The crash between Bottas and Russell and all the aftermath in the media from it. Yeah, very interesting. It was quite exciting, actually, I thought, that Russell really... Yeah, going in on Bottas, really. I think slightly unfairly. Um, obviously, the incident, we can talk about that. I think it was very close. Obviously, in the way, it's so difficult to pass anyway. Yeah. Russell was on the outside. There was a, There's always a, a slight kink before the chicane. Bottas was on the inside. There's two, actually. Yeah, there's two. But the second one, the left-hand one, um, Bottas was just taking his line on the dry line. And because yeah. the dry line obviously is really narrow on the left and then swings back to the right-hand side. It was yeah. as if Russell thought Bottas had weaved on him, basically, but all he was doing was taking the dry line. Yeah, it was And that meant bit... Russell went on the, on the wet stuff, lost it, and yeah. took them both out. On the one hand... I mean, right, first of all, then, if... Yeah, no, I, again, I can't really ask that because I can't put blame on one or the other entirely. <laughs> I can completely understand that Bottas was trying to stick to the dry line... On the other hand, surely you've got to be able to observe other cars around you as well. Yeah. Because personally, I did feel in that moment, I sort of felt Russell was right in the fact that he said, Bottas just didn't give me any space. You cannot be that lack of... Uh, you can't have that lack of observation in a Formula 1 car. Now, whether it's because he thought, I've got a Williams behind me, it's not going to be a threat into T1, and then was, <laughs> might have played on his mind a bit, but... The fact, the fact that he squeezed him out there, and again, I don't believe Bottas did it on purpose. Bottas just isn't that kind of driver. To be honest, Bottas hasn't got the balls to do it, let's be fair. Uh, <laughs> let, let's be honest. Especially not to we, a Mercedes stable, mate. And... Exactly. I mean, Verstappen spoke about it before, hasn't he? When, I think it was 2018 where they did like the overtake of the year and Ricardo won with his dive bomb. Oh, yeah, and Bottas tapped. Bottas, <laughs> yeah. And then Max was like, it doesn't count. He was on Bottas. He jumps out of the way. And you're sort of like, he's got a point, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, Bottas has had nightmares of wet races pretty much permanently in his entire career i think i saw stats somewhere where i think canada 2013 is like the only good yeah. wet race bottas has ever put had it third on the grid in williams that was like yeah eighth or ninth fastest in the world yeah which is but like, apart from that i mean turkey last year was probably the turkey worst example awful, isn't it yeah 
what was it, five, six spins in the end? Yeah. And yeah, just not not a fun weekend. And I think a lot of people were sort of expecting the same here. And that's the moment where you really sort of um, realise why Hamilton earns all the money that Bottas doesn't <laughs> in races yeah. like that as well. Whilst Hamilton's still trying to bury himself at a gravel trap, I hasten to add. Uh, at that the thing moment. is, Hamilton buried himself in a gravel trap, spent about 60 seconds getting out, and was still ahead of Bottas. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's kind of mad, isn't it? But then, of course, obviously, yeah, Russell felt like Bottas swung across him. I can sort of understand why, obviously, in the heat of the moment, Russell probably did think that. I mean, again, it was another big crash. I don't think Russell could have really done much as well once he'd sort of got there. He couldn't no, break. Because otherwise, well, he, he was so going round. He had to go on the wet part of the track, which yeah. is aquaplane to him completely. Exactly. He clipped so. a, obviously got some wheel spin on the grass at 330 kph, and obviously yeah. there was nowhere for him or Bottas to go at that point. I think that was sort of both their destiny decided understandably so and to be honest I think if Bottas uh, sorry if Russell had avoided him he would have probably speared him and collected him into T1 anyway yeah there's a fair chance that would have happened as well so I think in that moment they were both going out but yeah a bit a bit difficult for Russell again just the the curse of Imola you'll want this track bunned off the calendar yeah two sad. years in a row he's been chilling in front of Raikkonen and just absolutely binned it so yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it was a racing incident. I I don't like that Russell went so hard on Bottas. Really, I, I like it for the entertainment value. Oh no, I do. I do the thing think... is, as well, I think that is incredibly strategic by Russell as well. Mm. He knows that Mercedes seat is up for the taking. He must be aware that Bottas. This is the year where Bottas could be hanging by a thread. This is actually a proper podcast I want to dedicate to at some point in the near future as well, uh, where we talk about Bottas and Perez because more than ever. Bottas's job role was the number two, I think. Really, so we saw it in 2017 and 18 to a certain degree, but now more than ever is where Bottas needs to prove his worth again. Now they've got a real fight on their hands against a team with two drivers as well that hopefully are going to be able to provide a real fight yeah. as well. But yeah, so Russell knows full well that seat could be his. If he just creates that bit of doubt in Bottas's mind, tries to play some mental games with him, yeah, who knows? Don't really feel like you can lose too much out in those moments, do you? No, it's probably worth a go. Although I don't think Tosso Wolf will listen to any of it, really, because yeah, he'll say that now. But yeah, it's interesting. I certainly think that Bottas has to do better in the future, like qualifying eighth and chilling in ninth. Getting, yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare. Williams weekend, wasn't, wasn't really, wasn't really where you should be when your teammates in the lead fight. So, or for most of it, anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was not. Again, it was another weekend for Bottas to forget. At the end of the day there. Then, of course, you had the red flag, obviously, from that crash. I mean, it was a massive shunt. Obviously, we yeah, had Bottas pointing, Bottas pointing to Russell how many points he just lost in that Grand Prix as well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, obviously, that brought out the red flag, which saved Lewis Hamilton's race, technically. Again, I saw an outcry on Twitter from people going, that rule should be banned because it benefited Lewis <laughs> once. It's always been the same. I don't know why anyone doesn't believe it's the same. It's, it's the way Formula 1 works. Yep. At the end of the day, otherwise you just get more carnage on the restart because people are having to jump out of the way to let each other through. So obviously Hamilton, I think, was strolled down, wasn't it? All got on the lap back. Yeah, it was seven to the front down. runners. Obviously, that still left Schumacher and Mazepin an extra lap down, yeah. uh, which was rather depressing for those guys already. Uh, but yeah, then of course the restart all got a bit dramatic. Uh, Max Verstappen almost binned it. I mean, he almost <laughs> binned it on the original safety car restart as well. I think a lot of people don't speak about that when enough. That? I don't remember that. So on the original safety car, you're on board with Hamilton as they get down in towards the first Ravatsa, and uh, Verstappen, sorry, almost does the same thing there. Oh, I do remember seeing that. He got yeah. massive wheel spin, didn't he? 
Yeah, he almost dropped it there. Well, I mean, he did drop it again, didn't he? Uh, but somehow he was able yeah. to keep hold of it. And Leclerc it could have been no a whole radio. Lot, yeah, yes. it could have been a whole lot worse. Charles Leclerc had no radio. So in a hypothetical world, Verstappen could have gone off. Leclerc would have taken the lead for the start and then slowed down to the start-finish line because <laughs> like he thought it was a standing position. start. Yeah, as Lando screams past him and everyone else. But and yeah, everyone Charles Leclerc... the back of him at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> exactly, that, that could have been a bit of a, a, bit of a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, obviously Charles Leclerc didn't have radio for the start, like we said, or didn't have radio at all for the second half of the Grand Prix. He could speak to the team, but he couldn't hear them. Not the yeah. first time we've heard Ferrari having radio issues. I remember, I think it was Portugal last year, Leclerc said he could hear Hamilton's radio oh, or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> so Ferrari clearly are trying to run some trickery there. There's, there must yeah. be some corruption it's going just on. Espionage mid race, exactly. Um, but obviously that made things very well disappointing for Charles Leclerc because obviously it meant Lando got him straight off the restart. Uh, obviously on the soft tyres there, which they took a big gamble with because they weren't sure they could make it to the end. So obviously, yeah, Charles. Let's say hypothetically then, Charles Leclerc knew about the restart. Do you reckon he would have held on ahead of Lando to the end of the Grand Prix, or do you reckon the pace Lando had would have been too much anyway? Uh, I think it was more down to the straight line speed, to be honest. Um, we saw, like, the only reason, like, the soft tyres obviously helped with the the tyre heat up at the start, but whichever one of them got into turn one on the restart first, I reckon would have held it, to be honest. The pace with the McLaren and the Ferrari seems very similar. Like, we saw um, Sainz and Leclerc both able to stay in that train really comfortably. Yeah. Um, behind Norris, obviously the tyres going off would have affected him as well. Um, but had Leclerc held track position, I think he would have got the podium over Norris. But obviously didn't happen. And then that was for second place at that point. But we saw Hamilton coming back through the field, at a very quick rate. Um, eventually getting all of them. So. Yeah, and that was a, a fair play again. That was another one where you realise why Hamilton earns his money. Again, yeah. you can talk different track conditions and things like that, but he managed to get past, who was it, Lance Stroll in one lap, and Bottas could do it in half Grand Prix, yeah. which yeah. is rather worrying. Yeah, it just shows like how how clear-cut Hamilton is better than Bottas, really. Because yeah. if Bottas was in that situation, he's literally going to stay in eighth the whole race, in yeah, my opinion. That's, that's but... the worrying thing, isn't it? No, I completely agree with you. Uh, now, slightly, obviously, talking about Hamilton's recovery, obviously, he did a fantastic job to get back through the field. I saw some people complaining that the DRS was too powerful. No. Personally, I didn't <laughs> understand what the issue was about. Yeah, it was fine. It was it was a lot more balanced than last year. We saw it, I think it was extended by a couple of metres this year. It was 100 metres, I think, yeah. it was extended. With, because last yeah. year it just didn't work and there was no battle. There was like eight overtakes or something, a whole race yeah. last year. So it was great. So- I think there yeah. was one. Um, I think it was Hamilton... Maybe it was on Stroll or maybe it was on someone else where it literally got him. I think it was science, actually. It got him literally alongside into the braking zone of turn one, which is exactly yeah. what DRS should do. Exactly. Like, I think that was Stroll. No, I think was that Seb versus someone. Seb versus Perez. You it probably about? happened a few times. I can't remember. Yeah, it probably did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, the DRS, I thought, was pretty much perfect this weekend. Not not too yeah. powerful, not underpowered. The Mercedes but was the, just a really quick car. The thing so. is, what I don't understand when people say like the DRS is too powerful it's designed to make overtakes happen. Yeah. What do you want? You just want it to drive around. It's in therefore in made overtakes happen. If like it's going to be incredibly difficult because making the DRS straight longer for one car is going to screw it for another. It mm. just depends on who's got what straight line speed and who they're battling with. It's never going to be perfect for everyone. They can't just decide. Oh, a three hundred and eighteen meter DRS zone is perfect at every track. It's yeah. beyond the joke. <laughs> People just like I, to complain about anything when it. When I don't get anything, why really. there's still hate for DRS. I'm sorry, 
I'm so, I, I just don't understand I think it, it. It's the best option we have at the minute. I do think exactly. in a perfect world, F1 cars can race each other without yeah. issues, and the Slipstream is big enough to just warrant overtaking anyway. But yeah. at the minute, that is not the case. So no, if we don't, I'd have rather DRS, have this than nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like no DRS would be awful. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, that's that's again a story for another day. <laughs> that's another podcast for another day as well. But then, of course, as the second half of the Grand Prix sort of carries on, you're sort of watching Hamilton uh, climb his way through the field. There are a couple of other things to talk about as well. Raikkonen, we spoke about Perez binning it under the safety car and getting penalised for taking back the position. Raikkonen bins it under safety car and gets penalised for not taking back the position. Yeah, that was so strange. Talk I think, me through it. I think, as far as I understand, it's because it was the lap after the red flag. So it was technically a formation lap because it was a restart. So even though the safety car was out and they were behind the safety car, because it's a formation lap, he has to take back his position, which is just way more complicated than it needs to be because yeah. Raikkonen went off, stayed in, he dropped, he lost two places, stayed in his position, gets a 30-second penalty. Perez goes off, loses two places, takes them back in the same circumstances and also gets a penalty. <laughs> like, Yeah. FIA are very strange, but it was it's, unfortunate yeah. for Raikkonen because he did finish ninth in a really good race. But yeah, no, Alfa Romeo. Yeah. I mean, they were look. What they were eighth and ninth, I think, at one point. Well, ninth and tenth. At yeah, Giovinazzi had a um a plastic a bag phantom stuck in pit his stop. They yeah. dubbed it, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, about a one second pit stop to rake a plastic bag out the brake duct. Yeah, I mean, on the longest pit lane on the calendar, that must be yeah. hard. And he's hung Grand Prix as well. Don't forget. Oh, he's well. got I think the one later. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. It. You. You got. Giovinazzi is one of those people that I completely forget is on the Formula One grid. <laughs> yeah. He's Unless just you such know, a no nothing character. <laughs> yeah. He's just so nothing in Formula One. But anyway, back to talking about Perez though. Unfortunately, did an album towards the end. Yeah. Very much so. It was actually your... almost. It was the same quarter as last year, wasn't it? For yeah, that's what I mean. And it was he, pretty he did much the same position, and he was racing yeah. science. So. Yeah. <laughs> are we sure? Can we check it was definitely Perez racing. Yeah. Well, people. What's it? There was stuff on Twitter, weren't there, after Saturday, saying that like Perez had been replaced, and just no one knew it. <laughs> yeah, it was a a bit poor from Perez. I think it's it's hard to judge him too harshly because virtually everyone made a mistake. I was thinking exactly. this earlier, like. Apart from Norris, I think all of the top 10 went into the gravel at some point in the and race. And Norris, I think, probably even did something like that at some point. He just didn't yeah. get caught on camera. Yeah, well, Leclerc no went off on the formation race. lap. Like, Science went off about 10 times in the first half of the race. Hamilton, yeah. obviously, Verstappen missed up at the restart. Like, all of them made mistakes. It's just yeah. some of them were... It was were, such a difficult race. Some of them timed them better than others, so didn't didn't get punished as much. But Perez, yeah, yeah very badly timed mistake. Sort of similar to what Sonoda did as well. Um spinning on the restart and yeah didn't go very well for him but yeah they and both think lost out he... massively and no points for either unfortunately yeah so obviously Perez down in 11th was just a disappointing end to a disappointing day uh, when all was said and done then we kind of forgot to mention it as well because it kind of was completely forgot about at the end of the Grand Prix Sebastian Vettel retired I thought that was quite funny for the sole reason that he retired with two with a lap to go and didn't lose any places because the hats yeah. were that far behind. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear on the radio um, that Schumacher did the classic league racer tactic of I can't be bothered? So yes. just slowed down to let Verstappen lap yes. him another time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't blame that. him. I yeah. don't blame him. So I, I don't want to do another same. lap. I'll just slow down and let him lap me again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think we've all done it at some point, haven't we? Let's yeah. be fair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Aston Martin had a 
did tricky weekend, but Stroll still got points. Obviously, they yeah. both burnt out the brakes before the start. The brakes uh, caught fire to doing laps to the grid, which wasn't yeah. great. Then they both had gearbox sync issues. Mm. And I'm Stroll sure... also cheated, which we didn't mention. Stroll um, also cheated, yes. Did you see that? He went off at the turn, at the first chicane. Yeah, just, just overtaking Gasly on the outside, just completely yeah. straight lined it and was straight like, okay, I'm keeping this. It. Exactly. You <laughs> so, I don't blame him. Gasly was that much slower. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, he, he should have been able to He came back to buy him at the end. There was actually a good scrap we never saw. Um, yeah, Ricardo, there was, wasn't there? Ricardo in sixth and then Stroll and Gasly right behind, who uh, couldn't get past, unfortunately. But Yeah, and then, of course, we had uh, Raikkonen, the Alpines, and Perez as well, duking out for the last mm. points, of which, again, we didn't see any of. Which yeah. is rather disappointing. Which is probably a good thing, really, because we were looking at stuff more interesting for the podium fight. But Yeah, yeah, there was an element yeah. of that as well, wasn't there? Uh, but yeah, an interesting Grand Prix then. Certainly, like we said, a lot to get through. Not for the wrong reasons, but not for perfect wheel-to-wheel racing yeah. all day long. It was a bit of the chaos of Formula 1 rather than the... Yeah. Like, like Bahrain was almost Formula 1 at its best. This was also yeah. really good, but... This As is a pure Formula racer, one, almost for the wrong reasons. Yeah, Formula Formula One in its best worst, kind of in like a weird way. Mm. Uh, but yeah, obviously Max Verstappen though taking the race of victory, two hours and two minutes in the end. Second half of the Grand Prix, he was just gone. He was and so good. It was yeah. no surprise, was it really? With Hamilton out of the picture, Hamilton though, I mean, he was going to get P two at the very best, to be honest today, unless he went perfectly for him. I think the Red Bull again was just too fast. Yeah. On a race stream, so the fact he was still able to come through for P two is massive. I think for Mercedes. As well, then Lando, it was sort of weird, wasn't it? You kind of forgot it was his second ever F1 podium because it never really looked in doubt all weekend. Yeah, he was quality all race. Like, he started, what, seventh, I think, as well? So yeah. He did really well to come through. Um, yeah. And it didn't really, really look in doubt. He was, like, definitely third fastest driver pretty much all weekend, especially yeah. in the wet, once Perez was not going too well. Yes, yeah. Uh, of course, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz fourth and fifth. Another really good result by Ferrari. I think mm. it's, again, we sort of speak about this battle between them and McLaren this year is going to be spicy. Uh, but again, you know, these are the results Ferrari need early on just to build some confidence, to try and get the momentum back again. But McLaren, I'm going to say, still look like a slightly faster car at the moment. I think that Ferrari is slightly better well-rounded. Um, yeah, Ferrari, no, no, I don't know. I don't know. They're very, they're both got pretty good all-rounded cars. I just think McLaren seems to be ever so slightly better everywhere. And those ever so slightly betters add up. Yeah. It's actually very close to the constructors already, though. Um, yes. Well, they finished, what, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth here, and then they finished, what, fourth, uh, fourth fifth, sixth, seventh? Or no, Perez was in fourth, there only seventh, last week. Fourth, sixth, seventh. Eighth, Somewhere else, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> it was eighth, yeah. They've yeah. all finished pretty much with each other both weekends. Gasly, again, another good result in seventh. Uh, a bit of a... I mean, he sort of had all the dramatics at the start, and then got, got again, like a lot of drivers got saved towards the end. Yeah. Uh, but he did finish... It's... It's not as good yeah. as it could have been for Gasly. I, no. I genuinely think the AlphaTauri would be up there, especially in Gasly's hands, because he's a lot better than Snowder. I it? think, yeah, rate qualifying trim, there's no doubt about it. They're up there yeah. with McLaren and Ferrari, but and I he's think just trying to get the races hooked just been up. Going wrong, yeah. yeah, it just needs to be hooked up, doesn't it? I'm sure we'll see him battling with them a bit more uh, down the line as well there. Stroll in eighth, again, a good result for him. Points on the board, and then Alpine somehow getting a top ten in the end. Ocon yeah. looked good a lot of the weekend, and then... Sunday yeah, Alonso as well, I think, for the first yeah. time. Alonso had a nightmare, didn't he? It was Malaysia 2017, as I said the last time, Alonso was how qualified. I thought it was early ridiculous. 2018, to be honest, but you probably are right. No, he went um, off Van Dorn in 18. Oh, yeah, no, he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So it was the back end of 2017, yeah, which is kind of insane. Mm. Um, but yeah, Alonso just had a nightmare of a weekend, like a lot of drivers did. Still and point, still walked, walked away with yeah. points somehow, yeah, which is fair play to him. Then, of course, like we said, Perez in 11th. Sonoda, a weekend to forget for him. 
And then Raikkonen with that penalty, not uh, it's Raikkonen. He probably he, he doesn't he know doesn't or really probably care. care. <laughs> yeah, let's be fair. And then of course Giovinazzi a lap down, Vettel out, and then Schumacher and Mazepin two. That's laps so down. funny. In the results you got Vettel DNF, and then Schumacher yeah. and Mazepin plus two laps. <laughs> exactly. And then of course Bottas and both Williams, like we said. On poor Frank Williams' birthday, neither car getting to the end of the race. It was after a qualifying day that looked so good for Williams. It was so mm. disappointing to see both cars out by pretty much half distance. Russell was only a couple of tenths off Q3, and that would have been mad. If he it would have been mad, yeah. They had a good car. Again, it yeah. seems to be a track that suits them weirdly well, which is kind Russell of a bit strange <laughs> because it's not like an extreme track in either way. No, I think we'll see. Did we race at Hungary last year? Yeah, we did. Yeah, were they good there. They were good there. They both got into Q two yeah. there, so it's so clearly I think the, the low, low power, high downforce. Yeah. yeah, low power though. They've got a Mercedes power unit. Yeah, but that it doesn't so make draggy. sense. I remember Russell. Russell was saying last year, like they they have the best power unit on the grid, but well, arguably, so much drag. Yeah, um, but so much drag because the bodywork just makes no sense. So yeah. tracks like Hungary and tracks like Imola and stuff like that, probably Monaco, they'll be quite good at if they actually race there this year. They're so, meant to be, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll wait see. and see about that. But yeah, anyway then, quickly before we round it out then, we'll we'll go with our predictions for Portugal uh, next time out. We'll we'll quickly look at that. Jamie, predictions top three in the Portuguese Grand Prix? I'll back Verstappen again. Why not? You're backing Verstappen again. You reckon <laughs> he's going to take the championship leave for the first time in his career, do you? Yeah, go for it. I think Verstappen, Hamilton, and who was good last year at Imola? At Portimao, sorry. Raikkonen for two laps. Raikkonen. I'll go Leclerc. Why not? You're going Leclerc. Yeah. Bottas right. is a fraud. Perez is a fraud as well. So. Yeah. I'm going to go. Oh, I hate to do it. I'm going to have to go Verstappen as well. I don't want to do nah, it. Come but... on. Back Hamilton. He's good. Right, I'm going to back Hamilton. Right, <laughs> fair enough. I'm back in Hamilton. Hamilton win. I'm going to say Verstappen Perez 2 3. Nice. A lot of confidence in Valtteri Bottas. Exactly. <laughs> better than better than you saying Gazi was going to finish P3 behind the Red Bulls hey, last weekend. Done. It wasn't far off. <laughs> he was 7th and Perez was 11th. Yeah, exactly. He beat one Mercedes and one Red Bull. What do you mean he beat one Mercedes? Mercedes was in the wall. Exactly. He, he finished the race. Bottas didn't. Right, okay. <laughs> this is why we can't do these top threes again. <laughs> Just all hell breaks loose at the end of the podcast but yeah thank you all though uh so much watching once again obviously no formula 2 action this weekend and neither of us watched formula alpine whatever it was called uh so we, i mean we weren't going to discuss that anyway uh but yeah once again though thank you for the continued support on the series let us know your top three ready for the portuguese grand prix next time out obviously we will be back next week with another podcast we've got a few week, a few things to talk about uh before the portuguese grand prix obviously we, we like to focus these ones on the races and then the off weeks on everything else sort of going on around the world of Formula 1 as well. But yeah, Jamie, anything to add before we round out? Don't think so. I think that's everything. Thanks for watching. Yeah, yeah thank mm. you very much for watching, and we'll be back very soon. <laughs>